another episode of the Uptime Punks. This is episode number three on the journey with Susanna, um, exploring the world's sustainability and diversity in tech. And we have another high tech influencer here, which is Nabil Mahmoud. Is that the right way of saying it? Yeah. Um, absolutely. Nabil, absolutely. Great. So Nabil, you've, you've, you've done quite a lot of things and you're also, I would say, a serial in, uh, entrepreneur. Is that the right way of saying it? um sure yeah we'll go with that sure. <laughs> you go with that it's um, true <laughs> well why don't you tell you us a little bit more about yourself i mean um i think you work in the realms of everything um to do with tech right i read a bit of about big data cloud data centers mobility iot erp just yeah what brought you what brought you to this world did you fall on into it by accident or um was there any particular reason behind it uh purely an accident i was supposed to be a professional athlete but uh life's got its ways <laughs> of uh you know teaching people training people and directing people and uh, i just ended up being one of those victims whereby uh sports was not in my cards and uh i was supposed to do something good and, and you know technology seemed to be uh, the pathway to that. Yeah. So, 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 what is tech for you? Is tech for you something that enhances life? Is it something that makes life easier, or is it something that you think is a necessity in our day's society? I believe it's a combination of all three. Uh, without technology and data, there's nothing uh, on a go-forward basis. I mean, this is the foundation of everything as we move forward. I mean, just look at how uh, much life has changed just in the last you know two years and the advancements mm. that we've made just in my lifespan i mean you know i'm uh, i'm a perfect example of it i'm fully bionic other than my head uh whereby uh, those things could not have been accomplished 30 40 50 years ago uh, i had a quadruple bypass um where they had to cut my sternum wide open last year 365 days ago and uh, just being an opportunity to sit out there having a conversation with you. I mean, you can't really phantom the idea of doing so about 30, 40, 50 years ago. And here we are. Uh, mm. I was having a conversation with my cardiologist the other day. It's like, I'm the only patient that actually walked away with a quadruple bypass and walked out of the hospital in under 10 days. And there's wow. people that are sitting there uh, laying in bed for two, three months, just trying to recover. So uh, if it wasn't for data, if it wasn't for technology and the improvements that we have seen thus far, uh, I would have not had the opportunity uh, to be sitting and having a conversation here with you guys. Wow. wow. That's an amazing story. Thank you, Nabil. That is so motivating and inspiring. You look great, by the way. Oh, thank you. That's 5 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till we move on. <laughs> <laughs> I think we understand. Paul is just having an amazing jag lag right now, coming back from Bali and in UK, so he can he can relate. Now, Susanna, you make it sound like I was on holiday. I was at Singapore Tech, and this is where I came back from. Bali was just a stopover on the weekend, but by accident, I flew a little bit in the opposite direction, which meant yeah, I always was uh, Bali's on top of Australia, and I only realized this when I opened my Google Maps on the island. And I was like, Jesus. It's only four hours to Australia. <laughs> I was like, you really came really far east. Um, it was a 31-hour journey back to London. So, um, yeah, still trying to recover from that. Yeah, so, Nabil, you look great. And congratulations on your success. I mean, now you're actually a daily athlete. You don't have to be out on the track or the pool. You 
your body basically is just an athlete. Well, that's amazing. So congratulations and stay healthy. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. So what do you do at Nomad Futurist? Yeah, so uh, it's a philanthropy effort. It's uh, a foundation. We are officially a 501c3 and NGO. Uh, the story behind that is that Phil and I, you know, we've known each other for a while. We met at the speaking circuit. I mean, I get an opportunity to speak roughly between 36 and 40 conferences around the world every year on different subjects. And uh, I'm over the years become really very passionate about information technology and everything that goes around it. The challenge that we foresaw sitting at a conference PTC in Hawaii in 2020, right before COVID hit was that, um, you know, typically we are not encouraging the younger audience to be a part of this journey on a go forward basis. Mm. So uh, our typical uh, associate that's actually a part of this industry is in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and or in their retiring age. It's, it's not the younger generation's not coming in. Um, and then it's not a conversation that parents and grandparents are having at dinner tables. Well, you've got to be a data scientist. You've got to be electrical engineer in the data center business or mechanical engineer. You've got to look into sustainability, so and so forth. That's not a conversation that they're having. They want them to be doctors and surgeons and attorneys and cowboys or whatever the case might be. And uh, Phil and I uh, said that uh, the content is basically where the challenge is. I mean, we have become uh, basically surgeons that are subject matter experts, and we start uh, to talk uh, very technical in our conversations, whereby we lose our audience. So the idea really started to simplify technology, make it available, accessible, and understandable at a fourth grade level and also shared the trials and tribulations and how we have all fallen into this space. Uh, Paul, you asked the question, how I got in this space. I was not supposed to be a techie, purely an accident. And when you look around and actually through this journey, when we looked around 90% plus of the people that we have talked to in over three years and have brought them on our platform, they've all fallen into this space purely on an accident basis. Anyhow, last year, when I was on life support and I came out of my heart attack and whatnot, uh, I had this vision that we all do a lot of talking. Everybody does, but nobody takes corrective actions. And in those that do, they have done it for themselves, for their brand equity and, and their name and how great they are. So Phil and I had a conversation sitting at the hospital in Montclair, New Jersey, that we want to do something, we want to do something good, and we want to give back to the community and the next generation. And it should not be about us, not for Phil, not for me. Our message really is to do it from the bottom of our heart and give it to the next generation. Give an opportunity to children that are in remote and underserved communities that will probably never have an opportunity in their lives. I mean, look at us. You know, we live in Hawaii, California, and, and the UK. I mean, but that's 1% of the population that can say that they have actually got a decent life. 99% of the people are struggling. So with data being the future and us living in the data rush era, the idea is to give back to the community, give back to the younger generation, give them an opportunity to build a career and worst, worst, worst case scenario, become better people and better citizens. Wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah it's, it's very inspirational what you're saying i fully agree to you i think 
I think one of the reasons also why me and Tim started the, the Uptown Punks was because we just realized, I mean, even for myself, I'm the younger generation here, right? And it's like, we, we see, I mean, I've been to COP26 and I remember talking to Zana afterwards and I was like, I was like, Susanna, it just really, it just really pissed me off and annoyed me. Everybody's saying how they want to change things. Oh, we changed this, we changed that, we changed this. Are, are you actually going to do the change or are you just going to be busy talking about it, right? right? And it's, 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 and I think it's just the thing is, I think the right ideas are out there, but people just are not bold enough to take the decisions or they don't want to be the ones doing it. And I think the, the, the foundation is being laid, but I think it's just too slow, to be honest with you, mm -hmm. because if probably um, the younger generation, like my generation, we're very impulsive, right? Okay, this is the idea, we're doing it, boom. Um, while we, we still, even in my daily life, I find all the generation tell me, oh, you need to calm down, you need to think things properly through and everything. And it's like, yeah, okay, there's a wisdom of being more analytical and looking at everything. But nowadays, I mean, you can make decisions based on data, right? If the data tells mm -hmm. you, hey, this is the right thing to do, then why shouldn't you go for it? You don't need to do another 20 different reports around it to try to figure out if this is really the right thing. I mean, this is why we have computers and supercomputers who actually help us make this decision nowadays. Yeah. The only question is, which I'm going to ask you now, which is a tricky one. Do you think computers are going to outsmart the humans? Never. There is... <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure, I mean, me making the statement, Elon Musk is going to be all over it if this goes viral. Um, <laughs> computers, computers will never outstart smart humans. Computers are binaries, right? There is no substitute of emotional and human intelligence. We'll always find a way. And guess what? I mean, computers are controlled by humans. So what we need to do is that outsmart reference here to four really needs to be around the lines that it should not get into the bad people's hands. Because when it mm. does, that's when humans will be outsmarted by robots. So we need yeah. to keep it in, in the good people's hand. And that's why foundationally, education is imperative. And at a very early age. Oh, I think I do. Yeah, this is yes. extremely inspiring, actually, Nabil. Some of the point that you raised earlier about the paving the way forward for the future generation that actually genuinely got me involved in um, my passion in sustainability and actually mentoring STEM girls and whatnot. And I, it just hits me. Um, you survive, you amazing in terms of you really look great, you know, from your health condition. I don't want to wait for that moment for me to basically act socially responsible because I work for most of the people who really are driven by just profit. And recently, I think I talked to Paul about it. And I think I, I put, people planet ahead of profit not to say we just do it for, for the sake of just feel good um because we understand we need to measure it but my passion is actually going for the under the developing countries uh although our country is actually turning into more developing countries than developed mm -hmm. i may get itself in trouble too if this uh, podcast go viral um but paul it's very motivating and very inspiring that's why it is wonderful to actually have you in this episode, uh, instead of just talking about technical stuff and you know how we can actually do this and that, because it's nearly not about technology and some of the growth that we need it to be. So indeed, yeah, so indeed. This is, this and is I'll, I'll tell you this, Paul. I'll tell you this. So you mentioned and when you started about being a serial entrepreneur, that's true. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you this. I had this conversation last night at dinner with one of my friends, Ted Silverberg, uh, in Hawaii. 
um, and he's a serial entrepreneur as well. I'm like, you know what? It's really, really, really easy when it comes about raising money for a startup. I mean, mm. here's $10 million. Here's $100 million. People are like willing to throw money away. The challenge is doing the philanthropy work and do it for the right reason. Everybody shies away. So we, we have added this journey since January of this year. <laughs> and uh, uh, this is one of the most difficult things I have personally done in trying to give back. So mm. we're going to continue on that. Um, and, and worst case scenario, you know, I tell people, um, if they want to join, they're more than welcome to join us and make, make the change. Uh, if not, we're going to continue doing it. Yeah, I mean, it's like, if you want to see a forest, you need to plant the seeds. Greece are not going to show by them, grow by themselves, right? Exactly. And, I think, and I think it's also more about the social responsibility, right? I always believe that whatever you put into the universe is going to come back to you. So it's something, it's something really like noble what you're doing is trying to give to the next generation, which I think is something that many more people should do. And then it will be much easier for the next generation and they will come with much more understanding. There's somebody um, in the UK, Amanda Brooke, who's doing this, for example, with Open UK. She did like a project where they sent to school kids in school um, coding gloves so kids could learn already in school how coding works and all of these things. So you're not alone out there, Nabil. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, happy, I'm happy to make that contact for you then uh, because she's, be trying to do, she's trying to do similar things because she believes the knowledge should be able to be accessible for any individual around the globe, right? Um, and who are we to keep knowledge, keep knowledge to ourselves? And if, we are, if we're better in something, we should share it with other people because they will help us advance as well, right? I always think life is a learning curve. Every day you learn something new. I'm sure I'm having dinner tonight with Susanna, for example. I'm going to be learning something out of that dinner. Um, Actually, it's more the other way around. My best idea is always uh, somebody else's idea. Uh, and so I look forward to uh, soaking up my sponge tonight with from you, Paul, when we get together. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then, um, Nabil, you also have United Security Bank. What is that all about? Uh, yeah, so I serve um, on multiple boards for companies that are publicly mm. traded or privately held. United Security Bank is actually a publicly traded, traded bank. Uh, our key focus is around commercial lending. So we do a lot of uh, business finance, um, particularly in agriculture business as well, uh, mm. but construction um, and uh, uh, basically business lending is what our core is. Uh, besides that, I sit on a board for SCB Global, which is a company out of the UK. Uh, we are a voice carrier. Uh, we do SIP trunk and PBX call routing, routing, UCAS, CPAS and SD-WAN. Uh, then I recently joined a board uh, for a company out of uh, Querétaro in Mexico, uh, that is Layer Nine Data Centers. So mm. uh, there's a few other companies that I'm involved in that are AI, machine learning, and RPA based as well. Oh wow! So how do you think? I ask the, every guest of this new series the same question. Um, on a because you work around the globals with different companies. When it comes to sustainability, who do you think is really setting the mark? And who's really behind when it comes to operating and everything? Yeah, it's a difficult question. I can see from your face, you're not happy to answer that one. <laughs> uh, well, to, who, to be brutally... Who can, who can we learn from? This is the question. Uh, to, to be brutally honest, it's a bunch of fluff at the moment. 
Uh, okay. It's a bunch of checkboxes. And since it's actually a lot of these initiatives are uh, politically driven, it's a checkbox. I mean, look at Satya Nadella made the statement by 2025, Microsoft is going to be carbon neutral. Where are we at with that? We're in 2022. Uh, it's not going to happen. Timelines have changed. Now it's 2030, 2050. So in a lot of cases, it's where the incentives are. It's being those conversations are being driven by money or incentives, mm. particularly pertaining to some sort of a monetary advantage. Uh, once that mindset changes and you're doing it for the right cause, then we're going to see the change. But as it stands right now, and it might be very disruptive thinking, it's a bunch of fluff. I mean, it's, you know, I spoke in Toronto about diversity and inclusion. Realistically speaking, being a man of color and speaking over here, um, and, and even at that event, I mean, you know, we talk about diversity and inclusion. It's really a checkbox in a lot of cases. I mean, why are we having these conversations? It should be muscle memory. It should be a part mm. of our lives. We should not think or talk about it, right? Let's include everybody. Everybody's equal. Let's treat everybody equally. And as far as the environment and sustainability is concerned, we should, and I teach this to my kids, leave it better than we went in. Mm -hmm. I don't want the rubbish to be thrown underneath your mattress because it's hidden from daddy. Right? Put it where it belongs. Leave it better um, than when you saw it first. So the mindset needs to change. Who is doing it better? Realistically speaking, nobody. Not, not, not from where I sit in. I think yeah. uh, we are robbing Paul to pay Peter. Um, and uh, we've got to make some serious, serious changes. And we need to get the political folks and the lobbyist out of the equation. We need to get people in that really understand the impact of it and let the data do the work and the analysis so we can start planning better. Mm. But do, do, do you say, do you think, do you think the, the US is leading the sustainable thing around the world or do you think it's Europe or Asia? Uh, I've got to get again, you to answer this question. Out, no, out, no, no, out, I'm not going to let you get the, out of it. Out, out, <laughs> out of the three options, I would say US is not any better uh, for sure. Uh, Asia, they have no idea. And apologies to all the Asian friends over here. I think Europe probably might be in just a little bit better, better standing than us. Okay. Very diplomatic way of answering the question, Emil. I'm not running for office. Tell you I have zero future in office. I'm, I'm, I have a feeling, well, Elon Musk can't run for it, actually. But uh, if he could, he would probably. Um, okay, on, on to the next one. Um, this is something also we ask all our guests. During the pandemic, everybody got themselves somehow a COVID sanity gadget, right? Some people bought houses, as we found out now. Some people bought a car as a desk. Some people got um, air sensors in the house to make sure the air quality was good. What, what was your what was your gadget? Uh, so I'm, I mean, I've I've got plenty of gadgets. Uh, I mean, I live by them. I think I changed. I bought myself a Stuart, uh, a, a road bike. So uh, my my target is to do a fifty mile uh, bike ride one day. The farthest I've been is forty miles. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm working towards it. So that's, that's, uh, and, and it's kind of interesting that I never thought that I would be riding road bikes at all or ever in my life. Uh, mm. but it was one of the best decisions that I've ever made. Well, Nabil, wow. you will be pleasure to learn from Paul. Paul, can you please tell Nabil about your sports journey? 
Oh, my squad shot, yeah. Well, I, I did I did this year three Ironmans and um, I cycled all around Scotland. I cycled um, beginning of England to the end. I do ultra cycling distance races. So this is my nice. um, hobby. 50 miles, you get there. And trust me, once you do the 50, you want to do 100, then 200, then 300. Um, my, my big dream is to do Transamerica in 24. Oh. This is what I'm... I, well, I need to qualify next year. There's a race. Yeah, if there's a race across the UK or one across Germany, which you have to finish in 24 hours to qualify, and then you can do the Trans Transam, as they call it, the hardest race in the world, East wow. Coast to West Coast. So that's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, Nabil, I don't think my body would allow there. that. <laughs> I see you. I don't in think the my pack. body would allow that, Paul. I'll follow you. <laughs> there are certain things that I know I can't do, so I'm not going to get myself into it. But I will yeah. certainly follow you. But I'm going to tell you something that you're going to like. It's all based on data. So I use, for example, um, you have implantable, well, they're not implantable, they're just chips you put on your arm that measures your glucose. And then based on your glucose level, pops up on your bike computer, you know, when to eat, when to drink, how much you sweat and all of these things. And then based on data, you actually do the things. And um, yeah, it just shows you how technology really helps and supports, huh? It does. Um, So I'm into hiking as well. And this last weekend, I went off on a 30 mile hike uh, in Palulu Valley. This is the Valley of the the Kings, King Kamehameha, uh, the King of Hawaii, actually used to reside out in Palulu and Waipio Valley. Anyhow, I've been, you know, walking, I average about 12 to 14 miles a day. And uh, I've got all the right gadgets. And I bought these hookahs that are supposed to be the right pair of shoes. Um, halfway through my lower body wanted to walk my upper body gave up and my mind's like take a break so mm. you've got you've got i mean even with all the data i think you can't can't beat the human intelligence and what your body tells you physically so there there is that there is that element to 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 always consider that the human intelligence the emotional intelligence and the data that the body is giving you on a real-time basis there is no substitute of that mm. Well Even said. though there are all these gadgets available. Well said. Always learn amazing things from you, Nabil. <laughs> amazing. It was very inspiring, Nabil. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And I hope to see you somewhere soon because I think we can have a very long conversation. <laughs> yes, we must. We must. Yeah, we must. <laughs> so thank you very much for being a guest today. And thank you, Susanna, as well, for putting this all together. And I wish you both a lovely day. And Susanna, I'll see you later. Indeed. Thank you, Nabil. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. See you. Thank you for having me. Bye. Thank Bye-bye. you. Okay.